church? Hell no. Are you no longer feeling comfortable in church? This podcast is for individuals who are desperately missing God, but don't know how to find Him. Substance abuse, domestic violence, sex offenses, acrimonious divorce can contribute to discomfort in the church. For these individuals, church is just not an option anymore. Ordained minister Dennis Hall and his guests invite you to listen to this podcast for topics that are inspiring, uplifting, and will bring hope to those who just feel church is not relevant in their lives today. I'm Dennis Hall, and I am delighted to have you listening to this podcast today. Well, if you're like me, you know the political season has begun. This week, we heard uh, the results of the election primaries across the country being reported by all the uh, news outlets. Uh, We heard these slogans that we've gotten used to, to make America great again or build America better uh, by both of the major political parties. And you step back and wonder, what's the intent of these uh, these slogans. It seems to me that they're being used to try to tap into voters' patriotism. Now, patriotism. Now, that's an interesting word, isn't it? What is patriotism? Uh, we talk about it a lot. Well, it typically can be defined as an emotional attachment to a nation that an individual recognizes as their homeland. Patriotism. You know, I consider myself a patriot. I was born in America. My grandfather was a veteran of World War I. My father and my uncle, by the way, who's still missing in action, served in World War II. I served in the military during the Vietnam conflict. And two of my sons have served in the military. I regularly display an American flag in front of my home and above my RV when I'm camping. I vividly remember returning from Southeast Asia uh, during the 60s, following my military experience in that part of the world. When I got off the airplane, I immediately knelt down and kissed the ground of my homeland. Now, it wasn't so much that uh, because I had returned home safely, but uh, I think I was so grateful for the freedoms of my homeland. You know, I'm one of these people that was tremendously disturbed by all of this uh, kneeling at, at public places at professional football games and baseball games and uh, other places uh, where people would kneel during the raising of the flag or the playing of the national anthem. It was so offensive to me as a patriot that I stopped watching a lot of professional sports. And there were millions of others like me who did the same thing. And it's just surprising to me that people couldn't figure out why we were so offended. 
we're offended because we're part of that group that were willing to give our lives for that flag and for the freedoms of this nation. You know, but in addition to being a patriot, I'm also a devoted follower of Jesus Christ, a Christian. And all of this bannering uh, back and forth of the political candidates uh, during this current primary election season has caused me to begin to think about the tension between Christianity and patriotism. I love America as much as any citizen of the United States. I don't know if there's anyone that could love America more than I do. However, as a Christian, it may be idolatrous to think that America is uniquely God's country set above all others. Period. I think we all intellectually know that there are Christians all over the world. Christianity is still the largest religious faith in the world. Christians serving in the, in some of the most dictatorial uh, countries in the world. And you know, uh, right here in America, according to Pew Research, almost 40% of Americans are not even sure that God exists. And you know, around the world, persecutions of Christians uh, continues, with Christians being burned, beheaded, tortured, even crucified with their churches being burned to the ground. You know, in America, we don't have these kinds of persecutions taking place. And the only thing we can say is, thank God. However, Christians are being attacked for their faith in America. Traditional American Christians are facing increasing intolerance throughout the country with fines, lawsuits, jobs and positions lost, and just general public disdain. We've all heard the news stories about Christian bakers who refuse to bake cakes for same-sex weddings, and likewise Christian florists who refuse to provide floral arrangements for same-sex ceremonies. You know, in some instances, there have been public officials who have refused to authorize same-sex wedding certificates. All these people were standing up for their Christian faith. And uh, not only did they get a huge amount of negative publicity, but they were dealt with harshly by their local and state governments. I know of a situation where a man uh, began to invite some of his friends to his home for Bible study on Sunday mornings. Um, his Bible study proved to be popular, and he eventually bought some used pews and placed them in his garage to make it more comfortable for his friends attending the Bible study. 
Soon he was confronted by local officials and accused of violating city ordinances that prohibit a church in a residential neighborhood. His response was that he was only conducting a Bible study with friends. He refused the city's uh, cease and desist order, and he was eventually arrested and put in jail for a short time. This almost sounds like something out of a communist country. Uh, I wonder if in that same neighborhood, city officials came when neighbors were having a party for their friends. There have been all kinds of efforts to attack um, any trace of God in our government for many years. Our Pledge of Allegiance, for example, has been repeatedly brought up saying that uh, the under God phrase needs to be taken from the text. Even American money has been brought into question because it has the phrase in God we trust inscribed on it. Yes, Christianity has been under attack in America for a number of years. On college campuses throughout America, uh, outspoken Christian students are regularly demeaned and debased and targeted for their beliefs. Many times these Christian college students will hear other students refer to them as hateful, bigoted, homophobic. And even some Christian colleges have had their accreditation questioned simply because of their Christian foundation. Not only has the mockery of Christianity increased, but many are paying an unexpected price for their faith. A teacher in New Jersey was suspended for giving a student a Bible. A football coach up in Washington was placed on leave for saying a prayer on the field at the end of the game. And not long ago, the fire chief in Atlanta was terminated for self-publishing a book defending Christian moral teachings. Christian student groups like InterVarsity have been kicked off campuses. You know, I recently heard a, uh, a friend raised the question with me, uh, how and where, where are Christians being persecuted in America? Well, they're not being beheaded, but there's clearly an attack on Christianity. You know, this week, uh, information was leaked from the Supreme Court that they are considering allowing each state to determine their own abortion laws. And that immediately resulted in anti-abortion Christians being again accused of waging a supposed war on women. As I see all of this this uh, uh, unfolding attack on Christianity uh, in America, as a veteran, I sometimes rhetorically ask, is this the kind of religious fear, freedom that I was willing to die for? 
It's disturbing. You know, in this cultural climate, it causes me to come face to face with the fact that not every war waged by our government is going to be a godly cause. And that just because our country has been blessed in the past, there's no guarantee that that it will be eternally blessed. And to expect that God's blessings will continue forever. You know, our country's actions over the long term will have consequences. When American citizens become fearful of expressing their religious views, a fundamental change has begun to snake its way into the village square. I'm talking about this insidious intolerance for religion. This has no place in a country founded on religious freedom. Jesus warned his followers that they would be attacked and persecuted like he was. In uh, uh, 1 Peter 2.11, Christians are referred to as exiles and sojourners. You know, people who only have a temporary role in the place where they live. In Philippians 3.30, we're told that our citizenship is in heaven. Christians understand that their citizenship is in heaven, that they will not be spending eternity on earth where Satan holds forth as the God of this world. This world is a fallen environment. And Satan holds extensive sway in the systems of this world. I think we all know the world's permeated with sin. And it makes Christians feel like we're not at home. You know, there's a, an old, old spiritual, this world is not my home. In John 17, 15, 19, we find Jesus praying to the Father that his followers be in the world, but protected from the evil one because his followers are not of this world. You know, it's, uh, we live in, sometimes we refer to it, we live in very strange and changing times. Part of the reason that traditional Christians are patriots who love their homeland is the spiritual understanding that as Christians, we are to do good to everyone, especially those who are in the household of faith, as it says in Galatians 6.10. Scripture also teaches us that as Christians, we're to love everyone, including our enemies, just in the way that Jesus loves us especially those near us in our homeland, America. It's always disturbing to Christians when we hear someone label us as hate mongers when we know our faith demands that we love everyone, including 
our enemies. Uh, you know, today, uh, with the Ukraine, Ukraine war across our news daily, um, yes, we Christians should be praying for Putin and his country, as well as the Ukrainian people. That's the role of Christians and Christianity, and that is what Jesus has uh, taught us to do. You know, there's no question that there's something very special about being bound together as Americans in a cultural way, and it creates a, a very unusual and special kind of affection. You know, uh, this... Uh, this, this special kind of affection for our homeland, the language and the culture, becomes so special because it's so familiar to us. You know, when we get on an airplane or a boat and leave this country, we're usually excited about the challenge and the new experiences going to other places. We can't wait to get there. But when it's time to come home, and when we come home, it feels unbelievably wonderful to sleep on our own bed, to be in our own living room, walk on our own streets, eat familiar food, and hear our own language. I think God would approve of these patriotic feelings. Christians are called in Romans 13 to honor and respect those who are in leadership in our cities, in our states, and at the national level. In other words, the scripture is telling us that there is a proper place for patriotism. Even though Christians like myself deeply love America, in a deeper sense, we're more closely bound to brothers and sisters in Christ in other countries and other cultures than we are to our closest unbelieving compatriots or family members in America. For Christians, God is our king, not man. You know, it's, uh, it's his kingdom. That's our ultimate allegiance. And uh, don't get me wrong. Under that banner, it's also uh, it's it's also our right and obligation to be thankful that God has given us this land that we call America. You know, given to us freely. None of us deserve to be born here. Now, one of the great blessings of being born in America is that individuals are far more likely to be exposed to the gospel of Jesus Christ than many other places in the world. You know, uh, many of us, it seems like everywhere I go and, and speak to people, um, not only in churches, but outside churches and in the neighborhood, it seems that uh, 
many of us are wringing our hands over the fact that America seems to be radically changing in terms of our culture. Just this morning, uh, I heard a speaker who was talking about these changes in America and how the 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 surname Smith uh, used to be the most common name in America, Smith. And according to him, today the most common name in America is Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Just a small representation about how the culture in America is changing. You know, uh, <clears throat> students of American history will remind us that America's been in a constant state of change since its formation. Now, this is nothing new to us, change in America. You know, America in the 2020s, is a very different place than the America of the 1950s. And the America of the 1950s was a very different place than the America of the 1920s. And America will continue to change. This is not a static environment that we're in. Uh, this great country that we call America, um, you know, is... Uh, is a special place in the world. And uh, as we participate in our country's election process, we need to support candidates who will protect our religious freedoms. I think we all recognize, and especially those of us uh, who've had many members of our family serve in the military and even though I never got to meet him, I was always sensitive about the fact that my father's brother was one of those who never returned from World War II. Uh, you know, shot down in a B-17, flying a, a mission out of England, and uh, continues to be missing to this day. And I'm... I'm very motivated to fly that black POWMIA flag on a regular basis because of my uncle. You know, this this religious freedom, the freedom to to practice your faith has been purchased and protected by the blood of patriots. Changes in laws and regulations in our country need to be judged by God's standards. An example of this is the lobbying and educational effort that's been undertaken by anti-abortion Christians. Christians must speak up when labels are placed on individuals just by the color of their skin, as in this critical race theory that we hear so much about. Our nation was founded on the idea that all men, all men are created equal and are endowed with unalienable rights. And this idea comes straight from Christian scriptures. True, our country's not always lived up to this idea, but it is a central part 
of the Christian world view. As much as we love America, you must remember that the United States is only a temporary institution. The Bible teaches us that all kings and kingdoms will pass away. And that will be true of America. So whether Americans turn back to God or not, our government, like all other governments in the world, is destined to give way to a better government with a better king. You know, uh, our faith, our Christian faith promises a world where sorrow, pain, and death will be eradicated and where our tears will be wiped away. The United States of America has been a shining light for the world. The concept of a democracy governed by the people of the people and for the people has been the envy of people around the globe. It's part of the reason why such a problem exists on our southern border where so many people are trying to get into America, the shining light of the world. You know, uh, the day will come when our government will permanently yield to the government of Jesus, by Jesus and for Jesus. The true citizenship of Christians is in heaven with our true king, Jesus Christ. Now, if you're listening to this podcast today, as we begin to enter into this political season, moving us toward the November elections, I want to urge you, urge you, and and as patriots and Christians to feel a responsibility to exercise your freedom to vote. Make your choices based on an evaluation of whether a candidate's going to protect your religious freedoms and stand for laws and regulations that are consistent with the morality taught in God's Word. You know, it may be trite to say God bless America, but it's what we all pray for. Thank you for listening today, and may you have a blessed day.